Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. This episode is brought to you by patreon.com slash sbfvgs. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 140. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is David, the Twitcher 3, Tate. Oh my goodness, so much Twitcher. I mean, Witcher 3. <laughs> Playing it on Twitch, though. It's so Twitcher. We'll, we'll get into it in a second, but yeah, it's a really good game. Awesome. And uh, we are also joined, not tonight, by Mr. Taco Douglas, Mike Lopez, but special guest, OG super best friend, Eric the Traveler Kruger. Oh. Hello, it's a me, Eric. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a me. Wait, are you sure it's not Mario, Adam? Uh, I feel like it super might Mario. be. It might be Mario. Super Mario. Oh, hey. Yeah, Super Mario. We're already gone. Uh, The Super Best Friends video game sleepover podcast comes to you every fortnight with each of us coming to the table to discuss one burning topic from the world of gaming. Uh, But first, gentlemen, what games have you been playing at? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I? Can I go first? Yeah, you go for it. I do usually go first, and I would love to go first again, Mm -hmm, if I may, mm -hmm. because what I've been playing is The Witcher 3, and I've been playing it on Twitch. Now, what I mean by that is I've been streaming all of my gameplay to Twitch, uh, and you might be finding yourself wondering, why would you do such a long game as like your (laughs) glorious return to Twitch? And the answer is because I have a very hard time sticking with games... uh, this long mm-hmm. for this amount of time um so uh what that means is like you know i'll start playing a huge game and then like something new shiny will like cross my path yeah. and i'll like oh i'll go play that now but if now i've discovered about my own brain if if i decide okay i'm gonna stream this entire game and uh you know then is it, it's, I, are you committing now are you committing because before you said i'm not yeah. committing to doing the whole thing Right. Guys, get off my back. <laughs> right. Shove it. You know, yeah, you I said, said all those along things those lines. for sure. Definitely yeah. said all those things. Uh, but no, uh, <laughs> I am committing because it's helping me because it's, huh. it's, it's, it's something to keep me accountable, basically, yeah. in a weird and sort it's of way. Super fun. It's super fun for me kind of playing it alongside you on there because I get to trigger all the crazy sound effects. <laughs> yeah, okay, so, so one quick little aside. Because uh, I'm streaming on Twitch, I decided to make it fun for you viewers, too. Uh, mm. So I have uh, Philips Hue lights in my office that you can trigger if you tune into the stream. Um, you can, like, type exclamation point green, and it will turn my lights green, um, which is pretty fun. Uh, so you can do that. You, there's also a bunch of sound effects you can trigger. Um, you can do teal. You can do all kinds of colors. Um, and if you're watching like this uh, episode live right now on Twitch, you'll see that they're doing the people in the chat are doing it right now. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so um, 
If you want to watch me play The Witcher 3, and you're going to see me play the whole thing, just go to twitch.tv slash SPFEGS. Uh, be sure to follow us and turn on those yeah. notifications to know every time we're go. going live. Yeah. It's, it's you're a about lot. 50 hours in. You're just like just to the tutorial part. You're about yeah, to get the real game. It's awesome. 50 yeah. hours. It's yeah. <laughs> just hitting its stride, the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. And also, you know, one other thing that's not live now during this stream is you can trigger a whole bunch of really funny sound effects like Mario shouting, Mama, Link screaming. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, all, uh, Christopher Walken saying, wow, it's, it's really fun, but Arnold like, do it, come on, do it <laughs> <Yeah>. now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a really fun stream. If I do say so myself. So it's that, a good time. that's what I've been playing at. That's it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and we mentioned it a little bit before, but you know, you, you talked about like getting distracted by something shiny that absolutely happened to me with the Witcher, uh, three. So I've been watching your stream and I've been getting, tempted very tempted to buy the switch version of the witcher 3 because i'm thinking oh i could play i could play it you know in the van in my on my carpool play it on my lunch you know all these different places but man uh, i've been watching you play it on pc like uber <laughs> mode right and then yeah, yeah and then yeah. i I, lo- I watched the trailer for the um switch version and it, it looks real real it's bad. lost some of its luster <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sure it's still fun right i'm sure it's still a fun game yeah but it just, it's the same like, game i just i already own it on ps4 i'll just i'll just play it there <laughs> mm. yeah but yeah that makes sense yeah what about you eric what are you playing at so uh i have mostly been playing recently of just playing a lot of hades like the new uh mm. super giant game it's just in early access right yeah. now but it's like a hundred percent exactly the kind of game i like where it's the mm-hmm. roguelike with like um you die and repeat over and over again, and then oh, do a little bit better next a time. Like, I've been mm-hmm. kind of intentionally shutting it out until it's totally done, you know, ready to go, and yeah. then I'll play it fresh. But yeah, it's uh, that's cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, that. it's really fun, and it's like it, it's like the whole kind of the the Greek gods thing where you're like the son of Hades trying to escape from uh, from hell and you have to like work your way up through all the levels of it and stuff. It's yeah. really cool, really fun. And you get like crazy power-ups that change the direction of your abilities every time you go through it. It's, uh, yeah, it's really fun. I, um, I've like been traveling, so I have to have some sort of remote thing. I've put together a little eGPU so to be ready for Doom Eternal. And I was hoping for Cyberpunk, but that's a little mm. bit pushed out now. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So in the meantime, though, I, I do plan on also returning to Witcher 3, I think, since we have a little bit more lead time before any of the big yeah. games come out. So, Also, Eric, yeah. I, I just randomly got inspired. We, and this is just me asking you right now. Any interest in playing some Apex Legends with me at some point in the future since you have a mm. PC again? This is true. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I would right. do that. They're about to do a new season, and I think there's another map now, and there's a whole bunch of new stuff. So I'd love as to. As long as you guys do what is traditional, and when you get your body armor, you say, Body armor. Body armor. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. We must. Of course. We absolutely <laughs> must. And then you loot it's it all the old, goods. <laughs> yeah, it was an old GoldenEye tradition back in the N64 days, you know, and we have to keep it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you loot someone, you have to say all the goods, or something <laughs> along those lines. I don't know. Is there an equivalent to like getting a Meggy? A Meggy? <laughs> the Meggy? <laughs> probably. I don't know enough about Apex to say. There's probably a Meggy in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't really know. I I guess it would be like there's like special weapons that drop. Maybe like like they're really rare yellow weapons i don't know oh okay 
That, there it know. is. Anyway, we that's neither it. here nor there. Neither none of us are playing that game right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I is that it? Uh, are you playing yeah. anything else? Uh, me no. That that's about okay. it. All yes, right. about it. Okay. So Hades. That sounds awesome though. I'm I'm super jazzed for that one. Um, the Outer Wilds, you guys. Not the Outer Worlds. Not to be confused with the Outer Worlds. Hmm. But the Outer Wilds. Yeah, well, I think isn't it games. isn't it Outer Worlds and the Outer Wilds? There's no the on the Worlds. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I think just yeah. Outer Worlds, and then I'm playing the Outer Wilds, which is the indie game uh, of a similar title. But um, it actually it reminds me of I'm, I'm only maybe a couple hours in, but it reminds me a lot of like that No Man's Sky feeling of like leaving a planet seamlessly and going to a new planet and landing. And um, just just a little anecdote, because I, I had heard it was a really cool adventure game. And so I was expecting something along the lines of like mist or something, because it's all first person and you're walking around these alien planets and stuff. But it is so much more of like a charming, funny kind of indie experience than that is usually um like i love don't get me wrong i love cyan worlds but i'm that is it's a more of a a serious feeling game and this feels much more whimsical um so i'm walking all around in the home area and then you know you get kind of you do a couple of things and then you're able to leave and i immediately died and it said (laughs) you are dead and then the credits rolled and i was like what yeah that same exact thing (laughs) happened to me it's like because flying around is so unwieldy like it's it's so hard to control and and they even talk about it like how oh man he's a better pilot than you and he totally died so like in the home area oh <laughs> so yeah 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 they're <laughs> kind of prepping you to die which is kind of funny because I did not expect to die and like in adventure games usually you feel pretty safe like oh I can just explore and do whatever and I'm kind of in a consequence free mm-hmm. zone but yeah um, but yeah anyway so I kind of went up and died and then I came back and and like you kind of wake up again it's almost roguelike in that way where you 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 reset at least at this point of the game you reset every time so like because i went up and i instantly got sucked into like the gravitational pull of the sun <laughs> like pulled into the <laughs> and burned alive and um and then another time i went to go try to land and there's like like there's some really cool mechanics around um taking your ship up and uh and then like matching velocity with a planet that you're trying to land on and then you can get into landing mode and, and like come down softly. But the first time I did it, I landed super hard and it damaged my landing gear. Oh no. And then I was like, oh my gosh, oh no. And so then I'm floating and it says like, damn it, you have to you have to like uh fix your landing gear before you know you can land. And so I had to do a spacewalk. I like get my spacesuit on and do a spacewalk outside the ship, almost pull the gravity and went sailing off into the space, you know. <laughs> uh, but I like I caught up, like I was able to like sink speed, you know. Mm-hmm. sync velocity with my ship and then get close and repair my landing gear and get back inside i was like oh my gosh i love this so much it's such an unsafe feeling adventure game and uh and then so then i, I went and i landed on another planet safely this time uh and then started exploring around and man it is it, it is so so fun i'm loving it so far but anyway i will have more to report on that uh after i play some more of it but yeah if you're that's definitely on my list yeah yeah if you're into adventure games kind of funny games indie stuff uh if you love that feeling of exploration that comes with no man's sky but like way 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 scaled down like it's there's a handful of planets you can like no man's sky well and it's like it's centered around like this like 
planet that is just kind of establishing its space program, you know, so you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're just First like, contact. everything is, yeah, everything is very like, we just figured out how to do this and now, and so you can travel just around the one, the one little solar system. So it is really, really cool though. Um, anyway, loving outer wilds, the outter wilds that is. And, uh, but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do you guys, digress. Are you guys ready for the news? Yes. So ready. <laughs> All right. So we had some interesting news uh, come in, uh, courtesy of top newsman, Ultima Kills. He's um, man. Uh, he he's on his game, man. He was really on it this fortnight. I'm yeah. I'm impressed. I'm always um, impressed. So you know, we we talked a little bit last time about when this PlayStation event was going to be, um, allegedly, right? Or you know, when I was proposing, I said sometime within the next five fortnights, <laughs> which puts it sometime before <laughs> the end of March. Um, uh-huh the ps5 reveal event uh but yeah now there's all kinds of rumors um that it we are possibly looking at february 29th i believe uh due to a sony uh theater reservation so oh um, Ooh, that that's be, a good it, sign yeah. yeah that is a good sign so i'm i'm super jazzed to see what they have to show i'm hoping they make all my dreams come true so. It makes a lot of sense, too, to do it in February, considering they're, like, skipping E3, so they want to kind of get out ahead of that. And I've oh, also yeah. heard talk, too, that, like, if you're revealing things at E3, it's a little too late for retailers to actually start scooping up inventory. If you do it earlier in the year, you kind of, like, set that path for if you're trying to release it in the fall or yeah, that makes winter. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard crazy rumors, like, uh, that the system is going to be announced in the beginning of February and released by the end of it. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> believe by the that. end of February. Yeah, with no games. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're saying they've they're, already they've already said it's holiday 2020. Yeah. In the in, I think in one of the hey, Wired articles, there's holidays in February. Yeah. There's <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> Day. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> release it on Valentine's Day. It comes out on Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> what better it's to get like, your sweetheart than the PS5? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the one holiday I'm sure to not be playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, not with well, that attitude. Get her PS5. You and your wife, <laughs> just like sit there playing Mario together on your, or I guess it wouldn't uh, be Mario, but playing whatever. Super Mario on the maybe PlayStation. Last of you Us know. Part Two. <laughs> Go get your Playstations and your Super Marios and all that. <laughs> what was this little New York guy? He has to be <laughs> small. Know. He has to be. He tiny. has to be little, and he has to be very hairy. <laughs> yes, uh, with, with a voice <laughs> like that. So <laughs> like anyway, that, he must be really hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Next news story here: uh, study claims that PlayStation fans are the most brand loyal. Oh man! I, if you if you ever listen to this podcast and listen to Adam and Mike talk, <laughs> this study is a hundred percent true. Well, so I don't. What does it mean? Like brand loyal doesn't necessarily mean fanboyish because I would say a fanboy would not buy, like I would only have bought a PlayStation, not the Xbox, not the switch. It's all about PlayStation, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say unabashedly that PlayStation's my favorite ecosystem. It's you know. not a surprise. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense too, because they have the whole ecosystem that has all of the exclusives that are really good. Like the exclusives yeah. on Xbox are pretty much non-existent anymore at least they're on pc but playstation Mm -hmm. yeah i make sense yeah (laughs) you know so and i here's my theory though i feel like the 
the PlayStation fan base was galvanized uh, during the PS3 dark days, like the first half of the PS3 life cycle, where it was just like we were we were losing bad, right? And, mm. and like if to put it in kind of like comp- competitive terms, like man, Sony was getting their butts kicked, but PlayStation fans, like the hard hardcore playstation fans were like no it's all about playstation i don't care you know (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's like they were galvanized into rock solid play and then then you come back with like the big runaway success of playstation 4 i mean there you go there you go yeah yeah so this is a rumor this is kind of interesting sony will buy kojima productions and help kojima develop a horror game Oh, that sounds great. Is, yeah, this is this is coming from GameRant.com. I, I feel like this might just be like wish fulfillment. This rumor. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's like, I just still super, super duper want that Silent Hills. game. That we <laughs> yeah, Silent Hills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be I mean, I, I don't know. Could, I don't know that Kojima needs to um, necessarily sell his brand new studio to Sony, I mean, I know Sony gave him a lot of money to kind of get it started uh, and do Death Stranding, but he could probably easily, you know, get a, a different publisher and go multi-platform if he wanted. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that pro- that makes a lot of sense, though, for Sony, because that is a really good get to have. I feel like uh, um, Death Stranding was my favorite game of last year, and it would totally make sense being yeah. like, let's scoop him up and keep him on our platform um, also release on PC too would be cool. Seems like that's what Sony's yeah. also kind of reluctantly kind of moving towards, but yeah. 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 So it, it, it looks like they're kind of adopting this strategy of, okay, release it on the console first. It'll be exclusive there. And then maybe a year later or, or whatever, maybe three years later in the case of horizon, if that ends up happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, bring it to PC and then they can kind of double dip, right? You have people who really love the game will buy it again. Which is not super consumer friendly, but it makes business yeah. sense for them. I've done it many times, um, though. I've bought many games on PlayStation and then again on PC later, being like, well, I want to play yeah. it here now. So, yeah. 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 Oh, I almost every game that's come out on multiple platforms uh, until this last year, I was like, you know what? I'm just not playing them on PS4 anymore. So I'll just buy them on PC now. So that's kind yeah. of been. So what I'm, what I'm, what I'm hoping is that they kind of bring back as they start. To, as they start to do this, I'm really hoping they bring back cross-play where, you know, back in the PS3 era, you you could buy a game on PS3 and also get it on Vita. And then for a while there, you like if you got a game on with that supported cross-play on PS4, you'd also get the PS3 and the PS Vita copy, you know. So there's there's some precedent for it. I'm hoping they continue that when they start doing PC versions, uh-huh. but we will see. Man, Maybe I- not. Hypersyntax yeah. just asked a very good question in the chat. How many times has David purchased Skyrim? <laughs> At this point, I bought it on Xbox 360, PC, Switch, PS4, PSVR, Oculus Rift. That's six. <laughs> oh, uh, that's wow. that is a lot. <laughs> there might be more that I'm just not remembering right yeah, now. But I I feel insane. like uh, I feel like The Witcher Three is gonna is becoming the new Skyrim. It kind with of is, to yeah. Like, like I, I would not be surprised. Like, oh yeah, okay, you can totally buy it again if you want to play it in VR. It's still third person, but you know, <laughs> you, know, oh, you I just get to wear game. the goggles. I don't want to play that game <laughs> in VR. It's got some really gross stuff in it, <laughs> like, like, like human, like not humans, but humanoids with sti- like skin stitched together from other oh, bodies. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, I yeah. don't want to see that in VR. 
Skyrim and Witcher <laughs> were examples of ones that I bought multiple times, though. Those are the games that pick yeah. up on different yeah. platforms. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. bought Witcher twice, Xbox and PC. So, so far, so good. So we've had a lot of rumors today. This one's hard-hitting news. Oh, facts. wow. A f- an actual well, the fact. Hard, the hard-hitting facts you guys come for. Okay. Um, so, so Sardew Valley, uh, a game made by one man, which is pretty nuts. In uh, his bedroom. Sold, yeah, has sold over 10 million copies now. That is That's amazing. insane. That is insane. Yeah. yeah. It, Especially if you've read Jason... If you've read Jason and it knows how to use them. Oh, wow. Look at that. Uh, (laughs) If you've read Jason Schreier's blood, sweat and pixels, there's like a whole chapter on Stardew Valley. And like just hearing this news that it's that like knowing the backstory of the game and hearing that it sold 10 million copies, it just just warms, just warms the very cockles of my heart. The very cockles. You know what? The very ones. Yeah. The very Um, ones. (laughs) And I think, well, Let's see. This one, this is another rumor. Nintendo Switch Pro allegedly out this Christmas, but will not have 4K support. That makes tons of sense. Like, I can't imagine. So then imagine, what is it? I can't imagine Nintendo, like, beefing the Switch up to 4K. Yeah, that would be a lot you know? of work for, like, because, like, the games, like, um, like, when they went from Xbox One to Xbox One X, most games required, like, a patch to take advantage yeah. of the beefier hardware. So like every single Nintendo switch game that wants to take advantage of the switch pro would have to get this patch. And Nintendo is like, they're really frugal and I, I just don't see them without charging for it. They would never just release a free 4k upgrade for a game. Just, just that's how it feels to me. I, I don't know yeah. if that's true or not. Um, yeah. but it, like I'd, I'd actually prefer just uh, like the next lineup of the what is it the Tegra that they use yeah, in that they, thing. That's what the rumor would, is. It's the next. Yeah. it's the next version up. And there's rumors, yeah, and then you could just have more detailed games at yeah. 720 or 1080p. You know, that and would the, make a lot of sense. There's rumors that they might bump up Breath of the Wild to just double the frame rate to run at 60. Hmm. Which that oh, the only cool. limitation there is hardware. They don't even have to recode anything necessarily to just increase the frame rate. Because and yeah. we know this because possibly it depends on well, how their timers work and stuff. Well, but yeah. We know this because emulators do it already. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's so, right. And they haven't had to recode the game. So that, that's all I'm trying to say, if you think about it. Yeah. I, right. I really just don't see Nintendo doing a, like a pro version, personally. Like, it doesn't seem like a very Nintendo thing to do. But, I mean... Well, they, they did it with the, the 3DS... It, like with the that's new true. 3ds the new was actually new, yeah <laughs> yeah there was like yeah. a slightly beefier one and then it had like even the extra nubbin and uh it's true i think there were even a, a few ex- games that were exclusive to it like you had to have that version of the 3ds if i'm not mistaken yeah <laughs> but, and then there's also the attachment where true. you could add the little controller on the side of it it was yeah, yeah. but oh that's but nintendo yeah, has had a lot weird. of stumbles with hardware stuff like that hopefully they're that's true <laughs> not being as silly Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think they probably made the right call bringing out a cheaper Switch Lite. You know, just that's like the kid Switch now. Like I see them everywhere, um, and then you know, like Dad's Switch stays at home where it's safe, <laughs> and then the kid Switch is like thrown in the back of the car. You know, like, um, but yeah, I, I think I would love to see them. You know, release kind of the, the Switch Pro, where whatever it's going to be called. You know, just. Just slightly beefier, maybe better frame It'll rates, be the better new detail. Switch U, probably. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the new, new Switch Wii U. I love it. U plus. Yeah. Great. Doug Bowser, you heard it here first. New Switch U. <laughs> Great idea for that's you, a, man. That's, <laughs> that's a free. That's a free hour. That's a free idea. Free idea. So, <laughs> 
Uh, moving along, it is time for Adam Struggles to read the tweets. Now, Adam, I really need you to make this authentic to the way Mike mm. would do it if he were here. And can you just really struggle hard? Just, yeah, struggle just, really hard. Just struggle so <laughs> hard to read these tweets. Like, really hard. Barely, like, he's barely able to read at all, you know? <laughs> just to make it authentic, you know? Uh, well... Let's see. I'll do my best. I'll do All my right. best. So, uh, firstly, let's start off with the SBF VGS community question. Yeah. I tossed this guy out today because um, I, I was curious, and I, I may start doing more of these where it's kind of a follow-up on the topic after people have had a chance to listen yeah. to what we're talking about, and then they can weigh in with their own opinions. So, um, yeah, based on our last episode, whose 2020 strategy seems to be poised for success? This is... This is saying, you know, Sony versus Microsoft primarily. But, you know, I threw a Nintendo and Atari in there for good measure. Hmm, so yeah. um, the Sony slash PS5 strategy, even though we know not that much about it, it's they've been very quiet, but mm-hmm. we're kind of assuming a lot based on uh, their the, the past, right, that they would probably handle it somewhat like the ps4 release but you know add some of the features that microsoft has been adding to their services over the last two years you know and then the microsoft xbox series x strategy which is as we talked about last time the the whole no no console exclusives to the xbox series x um you know they're going to support the xbox one x and the xbox one s uh for the first couple of years of that console so people wait in yeah people wait in oh, you they, guys they, people it, what a surprise people have opinions you know people what? have opinions <laughs> on the internet so, they have yeah, on, the, on internet. the internet oh hmm. so strangely enough atari did not get any votes for the their 2020 strategy <laughs> but even though it includes atari branded hotels with esports studios and game rooms and their mini console, but nobody nobody cares. <laughs> so uh, the Nintendo with the possible Switch Pro, three point six percent of the vote uh, went to Nintendo on this. Um, Twenty one point four percent of the vote went to the Microsoft with their Xbox Series X strategy, and seventy five percent of the vote to Sony PS five strategy. So I've I found that interesting. I don't know if it's because I talk about The Last of Us so so much on this show that we've driven away all the Xbox fans, or <laughs> <laughs> or if it's, it's a just little bit of both. Yeah, I actually told a friend about this. Seriously, I told a friend about this this show. And he was like, hey, you know any good video game shows? And I was like, well, I'm on one. Maybe he, maybe your friend could give this a listen. And he's like, yeah. And then so like a week later, he's like, oh, yeah, my buddy listened to your show, but uh, he, he only listened to one episode. He won't listen again because you guys are so pro PS4. So. <laughs> that's such a weird concept though like can't you just enjoy yeah. both of them i don't i don't get that <laughs> yeah I'm, I, I'm not a i'm not a fanboy i like them all except if you I give me too. 144 frames per second that's going to be my favorite so whichever one can mm. do that will be my nah, favorite one it's all about it's all about 240 for this guy mm. i can't i can't <laughs> give can't me a solid 29.9 i'm in <laughs> oh no ntsc standard that's terrible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on from that, uh, let's see. I think there were... No, that that's it. That's it. Uh, thanks to M. Tatanka for the 
um, for the comment that uh, Atari should buck the trend and make a macro console, not a micro console. The size of a hotel. <laughs> yeah, bring back that wood paneling, too. Oh, <laughs> nice. And he says, jokes aside, I'm liking Xbox's strats these days. So he was one of our Xbox voters, I believe. Mm. Um, but yeah, so thank you I voted him. for I Xbox also, Xbox. personally. Yeah. In that poll. I like that they're yeah. doing something different just because yeah. like, I yeah. feel like Sony's doing like the, okay, we got our box. We got the exclusives. We're doing the same thing. And Microsoft's yeah. like thinking outside the box and they're it is interesting. literally, yeah. it is very Ooh, I interesting. like what you did yeah. there. And I think Outside they tried the to do Xbox? that last generation, <laughs> and they <laughs> thinking outside the Xbox. Yes, we just came up with yeah. their slogan for their new system. Think outside yeah. the Xbox. So that's the play. That would be the PlayStation slogan. No. Think outside the box. No, because you don't need to buy the new console to get the new games. Think outside the Xbox. Uh, you can have a PC. You don't even have to have an Xbox. I, I think I think someone has probably pitched that, and and Phil was like, "Nah, mm. no thanks, Phil." Yeah. Phil. Yeah, Phil. Come on, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Phil. Okay, uh, moving along. So we did get a few tweets here, uh, but we'll, we'll keep it taut. We'll keep it All right. uh, Toy. brief. This one comes in from Ashley, oh, yeah. uh, a friend of the show. Um, with the recent delays of Last of Us 2 and Cyberpunk 2077, how do you guys feel about games being pushed back? Personally, I'm fine with it if it means we'll be getting or if it means we'll get a more polished game, but then there's things like crunch that come into play. What are your yeah. thoughts? Oh, yeah, that's rough. So, uh, but if you would have asked me this question before some big piece of news happened with the, the cyberpunk, um, what's his name? The CD project red president or whatever. He was like, yeah, I mean, we're still going to be crunching even though we delayed this game and we're going to be crunching the whole time pretty much. So, so I was (laughs) like, so then I'm thinking, okay, well then that means these developers that thought they were going to be done crunching in March are now going to be crunching well into 2020 now. And so that has to be so, disheartening it's a lot of crunch so like yeah, I'm, yeah I'm okay I, with, I saw some tweets yeah. yeah i saw some tweets about this where people were saying you know if you think this means like oh they're not gonna have to crunch now it's like you're fooling yourself they're they're actually having to crunch on this game for way longer now and it's actually probably disheartening to them when they find mm-hmm. out it's delayed which i never knew yeah. that honestly that's that's very interesting. It's sad. Yeah, it was eye opening. I I was just assuming like, oh, it's an extension. That means they won't. They'll have more time to work. It won't be as stressful. But then I guess if they have already been crunching for the last six months, then you just push it out another six months. It's just like because they, I mean, just like any any creative project, right? Like you know, you're done when you run out of time, and so they're going to keep working and working and working and working on it because they want it to be as good as it possibly can. You know, it's that it's that same thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if they could have been done sooner, it would have been better probably for the studio. I I'm interested to see, cause I know Naughty Dog's notorious for crunch. Same with, uh, studio project, uh, or CD project red apparently. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, that's Bethesda an interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally, I feel great about delays <laughs> because I don't <laughs> have to be the one crunching, but at the same time I feel bad for 
developers who who yeah. do feel who do feel like they have to, you know. Yeah, on a very very selfish reason, I was disappointed by the the um, delay because I bought a graphics card with the idea mm. that I've optimized my buying to power ratio yeah. to perfectly oh, okay. hit this time window, and now that it's pushed out, it was like, oh, if I had waited, I got a little <laughs> bit more flops in my pocket when this comes uh, out. But it, yeah, there'll probably you know. be more flops by then. Yeah, yeah, they'll invent more flops somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where to get them, but like, they'll find them somewhere. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Bitcoin. They just mine them. They mine oh, the flops. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's ironic <laughs> that because sense. a lot of people buy GPUs to mine Bitcoins. So Ooh, <laughs> you buy the GPU cycle, to mine yeah. the Bitcoins and then you use the Bitcoins to mine more flops. It's you just, see, it's, it's a symbian circle, Dave. That's right. <laughs> so when we die, our bodies become of the grass and the antelope the circle of the flops. grass. Yes. The circle of flops. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's it's happening. It's really good. Um, <laughs> it's really yeah. good. So, uh, yeah. So Josh stopped by just to say, uh, have a wonderful time recording. Thanks, Josh. Oh, thanks, Josh. You're a kind gentleman. What a what a guy. And uh, I uh, I like this one. This is more. This is not a question. This is because we I did put out the the call for questions, topics, or musings. This is amusing, and I think a delightful musing. Uh, David Murray says, suddenly knowing everything is back compat. That means backwards compatible for people out there mm. uh i am more motivated to play old games i missed than new consoles mm. what are you what are you guys thoughts on that musing mm. i i think mm, i don't know it's rough because i five years ago or what seven years ago whenever the ps4 came out i was like all about oh i'm getting that new console i was itching for a yeah. new console <laughs> but like this time around i'm not and i think it's i think it's mostly because i've been upgrading my pc pretty steadily mm-hmm. throughout the the time i've had my ps4 it now just blows my ps4 out of the water um and like and now like and most of the games that i care about are released on pc nowadays too even even with the rumor of horizon zero dawn coming to ps4 or i'm sorry pc like that's very exciting and all the Xbox games come to PC. So like I I kind of don't even feel like I need to buy a new console. I just you know, I am filling my backlog right now. I'm playing The Witcher 3, which yeah. has been in my backlog since it came out. So yeah. Yeah, and I I think I can kind of answer both Ashley's and David's at the same time. Oh yeah. Just by saying that, you know, with the new consoles being backwards compatible, I still want to buy the PS5 right away. Um but I, I mean, I may find myself playing PS4 games on it for quite a while, and that's fine with me because I have yeah. so many great games that I still have got, still haven't gotten a chance to play them, and they'll probably run better on that console. So yeah. that's uh, to me that is uh, like like we talked about last time why backwards compatibility matters more this time around than it has in the past because I think everyone's got these massive backlogs you know yeah, uh, yeah. not everyone but a it's lot of people true. have huge backlogs you know of great games you know that they will be happy to continue playing um so yeah, yeah there so, you have it yeah yeah i think i had uh so i was kind of off the grid for a few months this year and when mm-hmm. i came back i was doing like the whole catch-up game and mm-hmm. then i was like why don't i just keep playing all the games that i like have sitting on my hard drive that i just never finished and i got to play through in platinum like a bunch of ga- like older games and it was like mm-hmm. very satisfying and fulfilling thing to do so it's like i don't need to yeah. drop 60 bucks on the new game when i have one perfectly good sitting right here at home so yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and, and I will say it feels like graphic uh, fidelity is kind of like it was going like this for like from like uh, N64 PS1 to PS2 to PS3. And now it's like kind of been like, OK, now what we're doing is the graphics are looking the same and we're just increasing frame rates or increasing resolution. Um, so it's just an interesting yeah. it's an interesting dynamic. And so now like you can keep playing your PS4 games. Uh, on the PS4 if you want, or you can buy this PS5 that will probably play them a little bit better. Um, it's just, I just think, up I to think you. the ray tracing will give it a, a kind of a, a next-gen quote finger kind quotes of, look. You know, I, for a lot of people who are not used to, to ray tracing, that'll, that'll of, be like, ooh, it looks next-gen. I don't know what makes it look like this, but it's it's the next-gen-ness. Honestly, you know? ray tracing... I mean, I'll tell you what, ray tracing is really cool, but they have mm-hmm. ways to fake it right now. And if you don't have a very sophisticated eye, you probably can't tell the difference between real time ray tracing and the like the baked in ways that they do ray tracing. Like uh, there are some games like Control that use ray tracing in an, incre- an incredible way. But then most mm-hmm. games, it's just mm-hmm. like these reflections are 100 percent accurate. And you yeah. compare the two and you can see, OK, well, that pole I guess it should be over there instead of over there. I guess that's the difference. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's not it's not as big of a game changer yet. Maybe it will be once games are developed for it. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. right now, it's just yeah. like a oh, that's nice. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think once it's a technique that can be used pretty um, uh, pretty much across the board, there's possibilities to create all new different kinds of gameplay and graphics with the ability to have like real time reflections and what you can do with like all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. right now, like just for what it's used for, it's like, oh, we're making a slightly better version of what it was when it was just like uh, like a, a room map or an environment map or something. It's like, yeah, that yeah. looked pretty good. And like you can still do God rays without ray tracing, still mm-hmm. looks really good. Mm-hmm. So that's all I want. That's all I want. Some God rays. God rays. The <laughs> crepuscular <laughs> rays. Crepuscular yes. rays. That's oh, the scientific yes. term for it. Crepuscularrays.com. I do own it. No way! <laughs> or at least I did. Way. I think I let it lapse. <laughs> oh, no. You let it lapse? I don't know. I, I need oh, to check man. my, my, uh, Before this episode my registrar. Comes out, make sure you own it so that no one else steals <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with everything being delayed and everything... Uh, being backwards compatible yeah. because I have more time to play my backlog now. <laughs> exactly. Same here. Because I'm 100% swamped still. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, moving along, it is time for the part of the show where we sell you things. Beautiful. All right. Mm. Patreon. You Who, guys? Out there is ready to be... Who out there is ready to buy some stuff? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I know get I am. In. I brought Let's my wallet. Get on board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you go over to patreon.com slash SBFEGS, you will find a website that allows what? you to pay money. Yeah, that allows you to pay them money. And what? I know that's very rare. But this website does allow you to pay money. And no way. for $1 per month, which is, it's a real bargain. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't even buy pretty much anything for that. So it's, <laughs> it's basically nothing. So, yeah, for $1 a month, <laughs> you can now get the episodes ad-free, early access. You get them probably one to three days early. We've been hitting two to three days recently, so that I've been pleased with that. Uh, ahead of the street date, which is typically uh, every other Monday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, chip in a buck, and you get the episodes early and no ads. So chip that's in good two times. bucks. Also, yeah, two bucks gets you access to the Patreon-exclusive minisodes, which I have to tease 
that we have just released as of yesterday, as of this recording, yeah. uh, the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order spoiler cast. Mm-hmm. So that is a Patreon exclusive minisode. Go check that out because we had a blast recording it and that is a fantastic game. And if you've just beaten it or beaten it recently, you should probably get in there and listen yeah. and share your theories with us as well. The different ways you interpreted different events, etc. So there are other more glorious tiers out there as well, um, such as getting a jar of David's bathwater. That is know. not a tier. Mm. Don't subscribe to our it. Patreon expecting that. <laughs> It is. It's not. It's not. A you tier. have to go to his OnlyFans for that. No. <laughs> oh, no. I have no uh, idea what OnlyFans man. is. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you to everyone who is backing already. And uh, but yeah, we will uh, continue to pump out that Patreon exclusive content for the backers. Uh, go check it out. There are other tiers, more glorious, and uh, you know all that fun stuff. So thank you guys. patreoncom slash EGS. There was madness in any direction. Topic time. Topic time. Meat and Woo-woo. potatoes. Woo-woo. So my <laughs> topic, it is my topic this fortnight. And I was thinking to myself, I was thinking. Yeah. You know, what with the gap between, uh, we're kind of in this no man's land, right? Between the PS4, Xbox One, you know, era and the new consoles, which are basically being announced and teased all the time mm-hmm. and, you know, coming this holiday. Um, so, because of that, we have there are a bunch of studios out there who are eerily quiet. And so I wanted to get the boys together, round them up. We're here. And and talk about three done gaming studios. Yeah, three game studios that have been eerily quiet and what we hope that they have been up to. Mm-hmm. So uh without further ado, um David, would yes. you kick us off? All right. What who who would you say is the studio you are most um <clears throat> most I guess eager to hear from? Yeah. On their next project. Well, okay, so when you asked me this question earlier, was it today or yesterday? I don't remember exactly, but you asked it for sure. That's something you did. And um I I thought like immediately came to mind Rocksteady. Where has Rocksteady oh, yeah. been? They have released one game since the PS4 came out pretty much. And I think, did, was that game remastered for PS4? Or was that the second the, game? The Arkham Knight? Yeah. That was new. Yeah. Was it new? Okay. I, mm. Ar- Arkham, was yeah, Arkham, Arkham Knight was, was a PS4. Ex- was ported? Yeah, yeah. That, that was a current gen. Arkham City is a PS3 360 game. Okay. That was, that was remastered along was. with Arkham Asylum. Oh, okay. So there was a collection of those two games. Yeah. And it was weird that they left off Arkham Origins off that. I know that wasn't Rocksteady, but, you know, they yeah. probably could have packaged it up. Yeah. I'm just saying. So so anyway, Rocksteady, they made three amazing Batman games. Um, the yes. third one, I know a lot of people it was, had mixed reviews. I just loved the whole thing. Like, I, I, I loved really loved that it game. too, yeah. I, I, yeah, I loved having the Batmobile finally. Yeah. Just being able to, and like, to like crash through stuff and... <laughs> 
It was time. so fun. There were a few like of the later missions, a little taxing with the Batmobile, where you had to like hunt all the tanks down and stuff. But otherwise, yeah, just I that didn't... feeling of like diving off a building and then hitting a button, and the Batmobile swoops you up and you like yeah. peel off into the night. It's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't good. love some of the Bat Tank stuff. Yeah, I did. But, I loved you know. it all. The the only thing I didn't. So, I mean, I oh, yeah yeah I enjoyed some of it, but some of it uh, the like the I think there was like a boss fight that was technically like in the tank or a couple of them, and I was like, I don't know if I want to be doing boss fights in this thing. Yeah, I want to be Batman. I want to be Batmaning it up. For yeah, these the only boss weird fights. thing to me about the Batmobile was that it shot bullets, and like Batman's whole thing is like no guns, and then bu- rubber. It could be rubber bullets. I, I'm sure in the fiction that's what it was, but it totally looked <laughs> like you were killing dudes. So yeah. uh, anyway, all that to say, uh, also Soak7 does point out they did a VR game. I would call it like a VR demo. Experience. experience really short. <laughs> it is more of an experience. It's pretty short. Yeah, you could beat it in, what, an hour hour or two? Yeah, I think it took me two hours, but I, I was kind of taking my time. I think I time. played the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. Like, it was really fun, though. It was yeah. good. So my question is, what the heck has Rocksteady been up to? Yeah. I really want to see a game from them. And uh, so, like, and then the second part of your question, Adam, is what are we hoping to see from them when they finally yes. announce their game? Uh, for me, mm. now, you, know, you guys know me a little bit if you listen to this podcast. I I like new things. I want things to be new. Uh, so mm. like they gave me three great Batman games. I know a lot of people are hoping for like a justice league or a Superman game. I just want them to try making something new, like try make your own IP, have your story guys come up with a new story. Um, surprise us with something. I, I mean, it doesn't yeah. even have to be an open world beat em up. Like you could, you could try something totally different now. Um, you know, ma- mm-hmm. make a, make a, a space fighting game or, you know, like, like, uh, like, um, Oh, what was that game? Colony Wars? You know, like make it, make it. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? try, everything. We saw everything. Yeah. Try, <laughs> try, try making, yeah, like, so. put your stamp on that sort of genre uh, as like you did with the beat em up genre. You know, just do something new. Yeah. I, that's I mean, I they, see. so yeah, Rock City came out of nowhere with, uh, with, with the Arkham Asylum game, the first one. And no one, even after it was revealed, nobody was that excited about it because everyone's like oh it's gonna be kind of mediocre batman mm-hmm. licensed game or whatever and then all of a sudden it blew everyone's minds right it was this amazing like metroidvania in a lot of ways yeah and it was super focused had a really great story they brought and the Kevin combat Conroy system was, was very yeah. original too yeah the combat system revolutionized third person combat in a lot of ways mm. like you had the uh kevin conroy and and mark hamill stuff going on so yeah i think um yeah there are plenty of people out there um, who would just love to keep getting Batman games from them forever. Yeah. <laughs> but like the WB Montreal um, tease recently uh, has everyone thinking that they are actually making or carrying on the Batman Arkham franchise with the Court of the Owls or Court of Owls game. Oh, um, that would so, be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that's a next gen game mm-hmm. or if that's going to be on current consoles. Um but yeah, I mean that's that's kind of an interesting thing to kind of takes Batman off the table for Rocksteady, right? Yeah. So I honestly I would love to see them do something a little less open world, um, and more focused like Arkham Asylum was the original. Because mm-hmm. um, my my favorite of the trilogy is still Arkham City, and it was a little bit wider, but it wasn't like as huge as Arkham Knight, right? Right. Um, so I I kind of. I, and I have really, really fond memories for Arkham Asylum. Um, but I mean, 
still Arkham City is amazing. But I, I think the, um, I, yeah, I want to see them do something a little bit more focused, though. Like, it, they, it doesn't have to be a superhero game at all or a big open world thing in my mind. Like, I, I'd love to see them do uh, something original, even though wb may force them to make superhero stuff for the rest of their lives we don't know <laughs> that's true <laughs> hopefully yeah. not what do you think eric yeah i think something original is always good um but i think i i remember hearing I th- when there was rumors they weren't going to do batman again i was very curious what they could actually do with superman i know you mentioned this before but just the idea it mm-hmm. just sounds like such a big challenge to be able to do because mm-hmm. you have a protagonist who is like near godlike and can like do almost anything so like how do you make that a challenge and it becomes like it can't just be a thing where it's a reskin of the batman game because then you're basically just like destroying everything and solving every puzzle immediately so it would have to be some other like level of like gameplay where it's not just fighting bad guys (laughs) i like it or maybe just there's kryptonite everywhere all over there's the place everywhere. you gotta clear the city yeah and the more you clear out the more powers you unlock oh, or maybe wow. you have to fly through rings like through the oh, city wow. that would be oh no incredible hey, you know what you know what the game really needs? that could be the whole game it needs a blanket yeah. of fog so you can't oh, see yeah. more than like 10 feet in front of you all the time kryptonite lead fog you can't see yes. through it yeah exactly Man, i I would love to see a Superman game that somehow solves all the problems of a Superman game. You know, and I feel yeah. like if anybody could do it, it would be Rocksteady. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was my thought exactly. Is like if anyone could do it, it would be them. Like you couldn't just throw Superman at pretty much any developer and expect them to make a good game. But I think Rocksteady could figure it out. So yeah. Uh, also, yeah. I, I do want to say, Soak Seven in chat just just uh, came up with another amazing idea of uh, uh, a Ninja Ooh. Turtle game from Rocksteady would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I could that would see be, it. I would love it. Imagine being able to switch between any of the four turtles at any time. Like, you know, maybe they're in different parts of the map even. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. GTA style. Yeah, GTA you know, style. Just swap, swap between <laughs> characters. That'd be cool. Um, so, Eric, would you like to uh, take us to the next one? Take us home. Sure. No, <laughs> so, um, I think uh, Rocksteady was one of my uh, big ones, too, that I was curious about. And a lot of the ones I was mm-hmm. interested in have actually come out about what they're doing, I think, with uh, um, with Sucker Punch. Like, I was curious for a very long time because they were silent for a while. But now we have Ghost of Tsushima that's hopefully coming out this year. Hopefully. Um, but the, yeah, yeah. Um, the one that I thought of that I don't know what they're up to now is, like, Jonathan Blow. Because after The Witness, it's been... She's like, yeah. I don't really know what's, what's going on over there. Mm. And honestly, Braid is one of my favorite gaming experiences ever. Like, the playing through the mm-hmm. whole game and beating it without like any sort of like cheat or looking up things. I felt like such a genius playing through that. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I think with the witness, I, I wasn't able to beat it. Cause I got to a point where I'm just like, I hit my head against the wall so many times. And yeah. it's, it's still like one of those things in my backlog that I want to be able to go back to. But I think the 2d platforming involved with the puzzles and braid was just like, so amazing yeah. to me that if it's a sequel to braid, I'd be super happy about that. Just more puzzles mm-hmm. or just yeah. anything else. Because I feel like he always does really interesting concepts with gameplay and um, that sort of thing. So yeah. So yeah. that would be my answer. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I, I mean, personally, with The Witness, I loved that they took that approach where you don't have to solve every puzzle to finish the game. 
you know, mm-hmm. because there, I would absolutely have had to look up certain things, you know, to, in order to, to beat everything in that game. But I was able to solve enough to where I could, I could actually finish the game without cheating. And that's, I had that same feeling of like, oh my gosh, I was such a genius. Jonathan Blow, <laughs> you unveiled, you opened my eyes to my own genius. Yeah, so um, <laughs> so that's what a good puzzle game does, right? It teaches you the rules and it makes you feel smart when you figure things out. And yeah. um, and so I, I, I absolutely agree. Like he's so good at that. Um, I, I would love to get another, I mean, I would love for him to keep making 3D kind of puzzle experiences, even though even in the witness, right. It was still a 2d puzzle. The concept of the puzzle was very two dimensional, you know, but he put mm-hmm. it everywhere and then even adapted it across the environment, you know, mm-hmm. in a 3d way. So that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty awesome. I would, lo- you know, they could even call it the witness too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop him, <laughs> you know, it's fine with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, they have my permission. Yeah. Well, that's nice that you gave them your permission. That's very, very big of you. <laughs> I'm very impressed, Adam. Um, so I would like to go ahead and share my idea for Jonathan Blow. And that would be to make a huge AAA title that actually seems <laughs> interesting to me because of the two Jonathan Blow <laughs> games that I've ever played. I don't care for either of them very much. So <laughs> it's a little mean. I know it's just not my cup of tea. I, I like big, yeah. you know, actiony AAA fun story driven right, games. Right. And I, I tried braid. I couldn't get over the art style. Mm-hmm. And then I tried the it's witness. weird. Cause it has a good art style. No, I didn't like it. It's like and a then, painterly you know, interesting. I liked, yeah, I liked braid kind of in spite of the art style. Um, I wasn't crazy about it either, but I really liked the game a lot. So Mm. yeah, I I just couldn't get over it. I'm very shallow. I can't help it. And that moment though at the end, like that last level where you kind of like, they use the mechanics of the time rewinding where it plays a story forward and then backwards all of a sudden it means something very different. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was just amazing. Well, it is. It really is an amazing game. So. Well, I'm I'm so glad that you guys feel that way, but I don't. So I would like to see him sink, <laughs> meet up with a big publisher, hire a team of hundreds, and make, you know, uh, you know, like an Assassin's Creed or no, something. No, not Assassin's Creed. I want I don't want him to make like <laughs> Witcher Four kind of game. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, and also too, I guess maybe Toby Fox just as like a bonus answer in there too. I think he's probably working on some more stuff, but I don't know what it is right now. But I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, who was it? Oh, Toby Fox. The guy who made oh, Undertale. Yeah, Toby Fox from Undertale. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah, like once I start cool. thinking I... about the indie developers, I'm like, oh, there's so many more. Like, what are they doing right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The indie indie world is huge. Uh, there's so many possibilities there. I know he, he made Deltarune part one mm-hmm. for free. He's probably working on the second part of Deltarune is my guess. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? Because, because that's, well, and, you know, for those those clever... Sneaky people. Sneaky people. Deltarune peep? is just like the anagram of Undertale. Undertale. Yeah. 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 So it's, oh. it's basically the sequel to Undertale. Um, but he gave the first part of it away for free, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a teaser for possibly more to come. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think we're probably going to see some more Deltarune. So we'll, you know, but that's exciting too. All right. So. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see here. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, so my my pick 
for the creator slash studio that has been eerily quiet for quite a long time mm-hmm. that I'm dying to hear something from is Ken Levine. So oh. of course, uh, if you're if you're not familiar with that name, of course, Irrational Games or um, what were they called there for a while? Two K Marin or something? I can't remember. Oh yeah, it was. It was it, they they were called 2K something because 2K bought them and but yeah anyway then they they went back to being called Irrational and now they're called Ghost Story Games and they're much scaled down and it's Ken Levine and a, like a smaller group of people working mm-hmm. on whatever the heck they've been working on for seven years. So Jeez, has it been um, seven years? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. When did Bioshock Infinite come out? That was the last game that Irrational released under Ken Levine. So. Uh, the part of the show where we Google things. Yeah, the part of that, the show hmm. where we Google Seven years does seem right. I think it was a uh, while ago. I think it might even be longer. Well, side note yeah. while you're looking that up. Oh, 2011. Oh. 2011 wow. was Bioshock Infinite. Jeez. So it's been nine years. Jeez. So, yeah. Nine anyway, years. So, so basically, Ken Levine, um, you know, he's been quiet a long time. I want to see something 100% original, obviously, from him. Uh, you know, not, not more Bioshock. I know there are other 2K studios that are making more Bioshock, I'm sure. Um, not more System Shock and really not any shock, really. I would, no, no shock whatsoever. Um, but I really am curious to see, um, Ghost Story Games do something with this thing that he teased at GDC back in 2014, which is this concept called narrative Legos. Mm. And you may have heard that term kind of tossed around basically maybe jokingly or whatever but people don't believe that it's possible people are like i don't know what he's talking about there's no such thing so like when you just hear that you you think oh that's too ambitious and it couldn't be done but if you actually look at what he said in that talk it's it's fascinating and totally doable i think so um i wanted to break down that a little bit and then and then see see what you guys think all right um but yeah so basically he gave a gdc talk 2014 he he made the statement that linear games don't embrace the power of games meaning that like the player has a lot of agency in most aspects of a game and but not with a linear story so what he what he's talking about when he says narrative Legos is that the actions in the world would be tied to the passions, quote unquote, of a specific or specific set of important NPCs. Okay, and so like he he gives this example in the talk of a fantasy setting with an orc village and an elf village, and I'll, I'll read a quick quote. All right. So this is in the orc village. So the player could meet like an orc blacksmith and one of his passions is his hatred of elves. What matters in this passion is how it relates to the player. So if a player kills an elf, he likes the player more. And if the player helps an elf, then he dislikes this. And these are things that the player can affect. He also worships some gods and has a crush on another orc and players can interact with these passions like building a temple to the orc's god or in turn affecting what the orc thinks about the player. Okay. And then he says, um, the more players interact with the orc's passions, the more interactions that open up. He's a blacksmith, so maybe he reduces some prices. Maybe he encourages other NPCs to help the player out. But by going the opposite way, pissing him off, he might remove some items from his shop or his dialogue reflecting the player's actions and uh, the resulting impact. And he says, um, and the way he feels about the player impacts how the lesser NPCs feel, creating a macro relationship with the entire village. Okay. So dialogue, relationships, mechanics, and gameplay are all intertwined. And to me, that sounds 
so awesome. <laughs> I just, and like, I don't know, what do you guys, what do you guys think of that concept? It doesn't seem that far fetched when you hear him kind of break it down like that. Uh, it sounds cool. It sounds really, really hard to do though. Like you have to have every character have all of these different things that they can react to. You know what I mean? Like, I, and maybe that's why he's been quiet for so long because this has turned out to be yeah. very difficult to do after all. You know, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Eric? I mean, it just sounds something like is a mathy thing. Like that would be possible. Is like basically you're like increase these numbers to increase these chances of things, and then you disguise it in the whole guise of like emotions or passions and that sort of thing. I think like yeah, it could be really cool. Yeah, and he he talks about like how nobody cares about you know if Luke Skywalker has tooth decay or is a vegetarian, like they care about like his relationship to the story. And like, so there are very specific things you could identify uh, for each character that, that would impact the story Mm -hmm. in any tangible way. And then you would have all of these other systems kind of surrounding those things that, that impact it. So kind of like, you know how, uh, when you, when you play the last of us, right. I don't know if I've ever talked about this. Yes, I'm familiar Um, with this. But what is that? The last of who? (laughs) (laughs) So you know when you play that game, and there's there there there's a lot of marriage between like the gameplay and the story, like the gameplay aspects where it's always so tense. So even even down to like when I'm looking through my backpack, that like the world is still active around me. So it's tense, you know, like every little thing. Like I'm gathering all these little things that seem very video gamey, but then I'm using them to craft things that will help me fight, you know. And right. and they have a, a way of marrying the narrative and the gameplay. And I feel like this would be doing that um, in a way that is both bigger and more intimate. And I think that is what's fascinating to me about the narrative Legos idea. Um, and I can't imagine he gave that talk and is not somehow planning to use it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, of course. He's so, definitely, I mean, he's, he's yeah. definitely coming up with it. He just needs to figure it out. I, and, and, and hopefully yeah. they're doing that thing where they've got something that's almost ready to release and they're just not announcing it until they're like, well, we want to make sure, cause this is what, this is what valve did with half-life Alex. Actually, they, they got, they let all of valve time happen before they announced Alex. And then they were <laughs> yeah. like, okay, we're going to time is, is real. Yeah. Valve time is real. <laughs> and so they, they got it to a point where they're like, all right, we definitely are able to ship this in the next three months or so. And then that's when they announced it. So that is pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. It's very smart. Yeah. One thing I'd, I mean, with with Ken Levine though too, in like those games, one thing I just there are so many moments in uh, the Bioshock games that really just kind of either mess with your brain or just like would literally like I think I screamed out loud a few times playing the game where they have like <laughs> amazing like really tense moments where they have like yeah. something jump out at you or yeah like um so I could see like possibly making like kind of a more of a horror style game that kind of just like freaks your bean and it's just like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. Like a bean freaking. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, that I they have like all the tools to do that really well. Yeah. Well, and, and if you look at both, like, especially the first Bioshock game has a lot of horror roots in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And, and I think, uh, if you take it back to system shock two, there was, you know, some of that DNA was there too. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah they, that would be fascinating. I would love to see, uh, a spooky one. And cause another, another avenue of this is he talks about, uh, I didn't, I don't have the quote here, but he talks a little bit about in that same talk about how you could choose to like marry one character in the game. Right. And maybe that, that person is like super wealthy. And so you get all these perks for that, but you know, they're like a douche, 
you know, <laughs> or, or like versus like someone who has gives you no financial perks, but who's like really there's like a much better emotional story to that and and how the narrative building blocks uh, or narrative Legos that he's discussing actually would create situations for really, really tough decisions that you'd have to make kind of almost like a. Uh, like a telltale game, but on steroids yeah. in that way, where you know every little thing you've done is leading you to this, and if you do this thing, it's going to impact all these other systems. You know, mm-hmm. so I yeah. I can't wait to see what that ends up looking like. Hmm. I like the idea though of it being a spooky thing that could be yeah. cool. Uh, I yeah, cool. I do have something I'd like to share about Ken Levine games. So you know, yeah. Bioshock was really cool, blew my mind. Bioshock Two, a little bit less so. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, uh, once again. The story well blew my mind. What Ken Ken Levine didn't do Bioshock that, Two. I don't right. believe. Yeah, that was a different right. studio. That, I, right. That's what I was alluding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was alluding to gotcha. that, but I guess I just didn't uh, say it very clearly. But anyway, uh, so Bioshock Infinite, really cool. But I will say, Bioshock Infinite had this weird thing going for it, um, where it had a really cool story, and it had okay gun firing mechanics, and like the power ups were cool. It was cool, mm-hmm. but something yeah. about the narrative and the story felt like it deserved more than pointing and shooting a gun as the only way to interact with the world. Like it, it, it felt, it felt like we needed more, I don't know, more, more shades of gray. Like maybe not every scenario required shooting someone, you know, like maybe you had to talk something out or you had to, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Yeah. I'm not Ken Levine. I'm not the one making the game, but I would love for his next game to not rely so heavily on. All right, we're going to have some story stuff. Okay. Now you got to kill a bunch of dudes. Now we're going to have now shoot, yeah. shooty for yeah. a few hours. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt like Bioshock infinite. Well, even though I, I loved that game, yeah, I, like, loved it I too. feel like it had a really great opening piece of story. And then like the story disappeared for several hours mm. and then it came back and slapped me in the face for the ending. Yeah. And I was like, what? what what happened (laughs) so but i mean i I still really enjoyed it but you know that's that's kind of my impression of it as i was playing through and and um yeah it sounds to me like he's going to be hopefully getting away from that getting more into like uh i don't know if it, it will end up looking like an rpg or an adventure game in some ways but this whole concept seems to lend itself more to those genres than just a straight shooter would you know yeah well, fingers crossed. So. Yeah. yeah. There you have it. All right, you guys. End of the show plugs for all. In fact. All of us. All of yeah. you. So... You can keep up with us at sbfvgs.com. That's where you can find links to our episodes, social media, Twitch channel, merchandise, and more. Of course, David just got rid of all the smelly old ads that somehow crept on yeah, there. We didn't I, know about We had no idea. See, the thing is when you're logged into WordPress and you go to the site to update something, it hides It looks beautiful. It hides all the ads yeah. from you. So we had no idea that that happened. Sorry yeah. about that. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Nicholas Wagner for letting us know yeah. that it was uh, that our site was lousy with ads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, but yeah, you can now go to sbfegs.com without all those terrible ads, and uh, you can find links to the episodes, the social media, the Discord, 
Hop into the Discord the Twitch. with us. Have, have some chatty chatty time. Twitch channel, yeah. SBF, uh, or sorry, twitch.tv slash SBFVGS. Of course, if you like what we do, you want to see us doing more of it, you can always support the show uh, on patreon.com slash SBFVGS, like good old Mr. Lance Whitmer did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And as well as the handsomely faced Eric Kruger did this fortnight. Woo. Thank you. Correct. <laughs> yes. So... A very special thanks to both of you guys. Mm-hmm. You're wonderful, wonderful humans. Oh. <laughs> what about for our pod- podcast logo? Are we thinking for that? Oh, yeah. No, well, not yet. Oh, that comes later. All right. Okay. I, it seemed like you were lost, so I was trying to help you out. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. I, I'm good. I'm just, I was just letting it marinate. Oh, I see. You know? Gotcha. Well, it's almost pregnant pause. It's almost bedtime for me. That's the only reason I'm just let's, let's, right. come on, let's move this along. Keep it moving. Yeah. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right. So yeah, of course you can subscribe, like I mentioned, on twitch.tv slash SBFEGS. That's also a fantastic way to support the show. Hang out with us. Yeah. Watch David play The Witcher 3. Yeah. You know, cheer some bits. Also, you, change you the don't lights. have to subscribe. You could just follow and turn on the notifications yeah, and know when I'm streaming. Honestly, I'm not streaming to be famous. I'm streaming to be accountable to playing The Witcher 3 because I really want to beat it. <laughs> and I'm s- This is about accountability. Really and also I'm streaming because I just want to hang out with friends while I play this really long, you know, single player game where normally I'd just be alone the whole time. I, I'd yeah. rather share the experience with some friends. So come stop by. It's fun. It's I a like fun it. time. It's really fun. It's, it's been very entertaining to watch. So... Uh, of course, you can leave us a delightful iTunes review if you so choose. We would definitely appreciate that. I think we, we should start reading some of these because I looked the other oh, day. Oh, we got some new uh, ones. And, and they were so so friendly. They were and friendly. So nice, and like, apparently Thank we you. were featured on iTunes at one point and we had no idea. Ooh, yeah. Wow. So people people like found out about the show that way. And wow. that's what I like to hear. Yeah. That's what I like to hear, yeah. folks. So thanks for that. Thank you for uh, sending reviews. Liking, recommending to friends, that's huge uh, for helping us to grow this this family, I'll say. Ooh, dare, dare say. you say. You dare said. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> um, a very special thanks to Eric Kruger for our podcast logo and for his handsome face. Oh, you're very welcome. Oh, we didn't have Mike going, mm. we just had Adam, Eric saying you're welcome. For the, oh, for the yeah. face. So you can also follow <laughs> I us normally on say Twitter. that when I'm listening to the podcast, but now you can hear it. <laughs> I love it. You can follow us on Twitter at SPFVGS Podcast. I'm also on Twitter, Barry White, and uh, David is David J. Tate. Eric is Sibhad, Sinister Icy Black Hand of Death. Correct. That stands for. Yes. It's a a Calvin and Hobbes reference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So feel free to send me a PSN friend request or on the Xbox Live. Uh, I think I'm bashful pig 56 because I accidentally signed up with the wrong email address. Oh, no. <laughs> signed me a name. <laughs> <laughs> so you can watch me play, uh, uh, what is it? Outer Wilds. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be great, you guys. So, and that is all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 140. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back every two weeks with more Pondin' for the Field <laughs> and other talk on gaming. It is up with your questions, topics, or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. There are other more glorious tears out there as well. Um, 
such as getting a jar of David's bathwater. That is know. not a tier. Mm. Don't subscribe to our it. Patreon expecting that. <laughs> It is. It's not. It's not. A you tier. have to go to his OnlyFans for that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.